All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. Jack left town. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. What was that rocket? What rocket? I was just in my office and I heard a rocket. Describe the rocket, sir. Does this mean we're not friends anymore? the Star Wars Lego set Death Star, but can you chug a sparkling water and not burp? <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> DJ Nubis. And DJ Nico. Here with you on Mel Time Radio Podcast, episode 154. The Hordes of Chaos. How are you? How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. A little clip there. uh... I I like finding... So, 90% of our communication is through uh, (laughs) memes and funny clips. And I I really... Sometimes I find really good ones. Some of them are just silly and he'll laugh. Or it'll be like a funny picture of a cat doing something stupid or a rabbit. And we're like, "Mm -hmm, we, we understand. So... That popped up, I think it was on my Instagram reels, and, um... Some dude just... I was like, he's gonna love this. So I sent it to him, (laughs) and he he watched it like 20 times in a row. Yeah, in fact, uh, because she sent through Instagram or whatever, it it doesn't have an actual video. So I literally downloaded it from Instagram, uploaded it to my YouTube channel, our YouTube channel, basically, and you know share it around because it's so goddamn funny like the fact that this dude is trying to down a sparking water without burping and then like he finds himself in trouble he's like what what did i do like, what did i do and then he manages smack his head into the garage door as he's trying to like go into the garage so it, it's quite hilarious if you haven't seen the video even just listening to it, it just makes me laugh oh my god so this week we watched a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, obviously, there's a couple of series that we're going to finally get into uh, that NECA wasn't that crazy about. She did watch, you know, a good portion of both series. And I watched a couple of episodes, but I didn't hate 
I just didn't, it didn't capture my interest enough to, like, give it. I think there's going to be something to be said when we get to them about how maybe for both franchises that maybe they're just going too far. Like, maybe we're just, it's oversaturated at this point. Maybe that's sort of what it is. But I'll, I'll get into, basically, both series like episodes the last episode of this year. I think I think Peacemaker's still going but uh, Fett has ended but the last episode actually ties in with another one so we'll get into that but we, we're going to talk about the Book of Bubble Fett obviously uh, the Peacemaker uh, Archive 81 which is on Netflix that was kind of a neat little surprise so we'll get into that how did you even find it because again I you and it's it's one of those shows that's right up my alley. I love these like mystery. You got to pay attention, and I like I want to watch it again. Archive eighty one actually started as a podcast, so it's close to my heart. And I'm gonna li well, fuck, I'm gonna have to start downloading shit because I'm getting ready to leave. Maybe we can get another episode in next week um, if we do it. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're leaving. I'm leaving the week after. Most I'm most likely leaving on the fourteenth. So. And I'm going to be working from home this week, so like if we if we pull it together, maybe Thursday, because I, I don't really yeah know. yeah because Wednesday we're going to do uh, Cult of Santa, Aaron Pin. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, when by the time you hear it is, we're going to be doing Derek from Flick Snacks later on today. This is Saturday the fifth. Um, so yeah, Thursday is probably a good day to try to get our podcast done all together, you know, for that week, and then because you're leaving the next week over. Um, and then I won't be back until May. Right. Uh, but yeah, Archive 81 showed up on Netflix. And, you know, I kind of look at sometimes when I look at their scores, you know, they can be misleading because some people get gaga or goofy over some stupid shit uh, or stuff that I feel like has been redundant. But uh, it had like a 90 plus percent as for this year, of course. Uh, but ju just quickly looking at some reviews, it's pretty highly praised right now uh, Rotten Tomatoes gave it some high scores with the critics and audience so uh, we'll get into that as well and then of course Neko's uh, retro DVD movie ball pick which uh, I actually did see this film before uh, I thought you said you didn't I thought I didn't but as we were watching it I was like oh yeah I remember that's why I asked you I said is this the one that this happened she's like yeah so I think you probably have seen me watching. You've hit a couple of spots, yeah, but then there was a couple of things where I was like, "You got to watch this," and you're like, "Oh my god, I forgot." You but like, then it got a little hilarious because last night I'm kind of scrolling through Netflix looking for something to watch, and some of the there's a couple of movies that were on your list that I hadn't seen that were on Netflix. One was Stepmom. The other is uh, see, A River Runs Through It, and I was like, "Oh my god!" If you want to cry. No. That's stepmom is good and it's funny because it's like sharp and mean and you know the whole story is you know it's a divorce. Oh, well, I, they do the little trailer bits mm -hmm. or the. Oh, you watch the trailer and you're like. Well, there's a clip and like Saran like going off mm -hmm. on like uh, Julia Roberts and I'm like, that's cringy. But like, then I, and that's at the, thing. the end though. Yeah, but you know the problem with some of these movies is there's just so much drama involved. Like it's taxing for me to watch it. It was. It was really good, but it's, like I said, it's not something, like, Mean Girls is something you can watch, and it's, you know, there's drama, of course, but it's kind of light, and, you know, when everything happens, you're like, ah, that's fucking crazy, look at these bitches, you know, they're a pain in the ass, but, like, with Stepmom, it is very dramatic, and, uh, very. very, and it's sad, but happy, 
you know, like there, it leaves you with a little bit of hope, you know, at the end too, but it is sad. Yeah. So again, I got a lot of good music coming your way. Um, obviously Neko's pick of the week in the rock block, um, new stuff from, uh, Reptor, Reptor, a lot more death. Also got some, uh, vile rights and a lot of classic stuff in there as well. Uh, we got music from Hardlight Promotions, Grand Sounds uh, Promotions, Carcosa PR, and Against PR. And I know I'm starting to get a lot more of that stuff in now to kick off the 2022 years. So. That's fun, though. Well, I know next week uh, there's a lot of new music I'm going to get to. I'm not sure how much of the stuff from the labels I'm going to get to because there's a lot. Like, we got New Corn, Voivod, uh Abysmal Dawn, one of your favorite one bands. One of my favorites, yeah. They just released the EP. So there's a lot of new stuff that i got to get to next week uh, for our send-off. So we'll see how much of the label stuff I can get to worked in next week. Uh, I know that Kevin Turan has a couple things he wants to play, but I'm not sure how that's all going to play out just yet. So we'll see how it goes. <clears throat> Nevertheless, let's get into our first block of music. It's a... Uh, Bunch of classic material from Brain Dead, Edge of Sanity, and here's Sentinex with Direct Souls.
Hey everyone, this is Blake from Pig Destroyer. Hey Beak and Zealot R.I.P. And you are listening to DJ Anubis and DJ Neko at Metal Tavern Radio. Get into it now. back and we're going to jump into the book of bubble fit bubble fit so basically uh disney plus has the new series of book of bubble fit which we were kind of introduced to bubble's return and the mandalorian series and apparently um i'm trying to think when it was uh they they were real books that Mm. were for young readers right so they were able to because the mandalorian was such a a success and you know they wanted to kind of take something of course because disney plus and you know star wars is popular they wanted to take the book of boba fett and i almost want to read the books because they're super you know they're tiny so you know it might might make me like more invested in it because i I do love star wars and it was just funny for me that the mandalorian and the book of boba fett i was like well it's kind of funny because for a very long time star wars fans were really wanting a boba fett movie or something of that nature because they really liked the character we we grew up with that character in the 80s through those films Mm -hmm. uh and then, like, when The Mandalorian came out, you kind of almost got the feel that that's what they were going with. Like, initially, The Mandalorian, I was like, was this Bubble Fetters or just something? Then I learned that they're uh, uh, bounty hunters of their, you know, there's more than one. Uh, but we did notice that Bubba appeared in The Mandalorian series. So here we are with the book of Bubba Fett, uh, which obviously takes place after Bubba is gone. Uh, well, I should say the flashbacks that we see in the series go back to when. Bobo had fallen in the Sarlacc pit, uh, fighting Luke Skywalker and them on the uh, barge and whatnot with uh, Jabba the Hutt. Uh, so we, we get glimpses of what happened to him during that time when he was like slowly digesting uh, in that, that pit. So we get flashback deaths because we have Bobo's in this like uh, almost like a cryo unit container where he's being healed and all this other stuff. We learned that. After he got out of the pit, he managed to crawl out of the pit, and of course his armor was off or whatever. I forget how either he took it off or it just was coming off. And uh, he was in this desert, which is Tatooine's desert. It's like there's nothing but desert. And he was eventually uh, picked up mainly at first as a captive by the Sand People, the Tuscans, uh, Raiders, and... Uh, but after a while, he started to bond with them and learn their ways and fighting skills and then helped them out, uh, you know, fighting off other, I don't know what you call them, uh, marauders or people who were trying to attack them and hurt them as well. Like He just found like this new appreciation for the Tuscan Raiders and their, their livelihood and how they were living. Like, they weren't really these scary beasts that... They were just trying to figure out how to live because they didn't really have a lot to live off of right right so when people came in they're like what can i use to still live and we we kind of learned some of this as well because like we don't necessarily know if tuscan raiders initially bad necessarily bad but if you remember from revenge of the sith Mm -hmm. anakin's mother had been captured by the raiders and so of course he went and rescued her and he was very upset when she died and ended up killing that pack of tuscan raiders but 
you know, we know that the stories with Luke and mm -hmm. he was attacked and all that stuff. So we don't really know exactly if the, the Raiders themselves are just, uh, like, if they have their own animosity towards humans in general because of maybe some of the things they do to them as uh, people. And I think we learned some of that through the book of Boba Fett and how Boba sees like what kind of goes on where they are being attacked by you know people uh humans basically mm -hmm. or, or other alien species we know that the train was like another alien species that was transporting shit so i just looked it up uh it looks like the books came out in 2010 and um with you know with the pop popularity of everything going on and you know some things have been hit or miss with star wars especially like the what is it six seven and what, one two three four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, um, chapters that they did, because we were, I, we couldn't even finish, like, the last one, we were like, this is ridiculous, like, I don't think we even saw the last one, the last Jedi we didn't bother with, because, our, or no, the Rise of Skywalker was the last one, the last Jedi is the one that we started, but we could never finish, because it was just so bad, Force Awakens we saw with, you know, your mom and everybody, and that, you know, that was fine, that was okay, uh, but you can kind of see that that movie was sort of like a similar blueprint to A New Hope. And it was kind of like, eh, we've seen this before. Mm -hmm. But we thought, Last Jedi, okay, let's give it a shot. And then that one fell apart. It just, you know, couldn't do it. Uh, Rise of Skywalker, some people said they kind of got a little bit better than Jedi. But I just, I think you and I were just kind of like done with it at that point. I And I, I feel bad, because like I said, I was always a really big fan of Star Wars. Like as a kid up until my adulthood but then we saw other things like rogue uh rogue, we loved one, rogue one and uh solo was okay uh, and then of course the mandalorian series was phenomenal like we really liked that a lot so but the book of Boba effect kind of starts off slow because um, we we find out that after he's gone through being said by the Tuscan Raiders, he, he, you know, he's, he wants to go back and get his ship. Now, here's where some of the crossover takes place with the Mandalorian. He's, in future time, he's with his sidekick, Fennec, who was the assassin chick from the Mandalorian, who he saved. Uh, and this is before we rediscover Bobo in that series. Mm -hmm. So, at this point, Bobo is now, because uh, Jabba's gone, uh, and there's another dude who's basically taken over the little encampment or castle that Jabba was sitting in and uh, Bubba wants to be the, the henchman or the, the big dude uh, running the show there. I forget what they call him. I always lose track of how they put the, the terminology for what he is there. He, but he's almost like a governor or whatever you want to call it. He's, he wants to be the dude, head dude in charge basically. The head dude in charge. What Jabba was is what he wants to be and he says it's owed to him basically. I think part of it too is I was missing what it while I'm watching it like what is flashbacks what is yeah current, and it was kind of confusing me yeah uh, and of course you know uh, Bubba does get it but then he's also having to battle other leaders of other cities around him because you know they they were all when Jabba was in charge they all paid Jabba like a certain amount of money just for protection or whatever the fuck Jabba wanted to call it. Uh, however, these other leaders don't really necessarily want to do that because they don't view Bo uh, Bobo as like you know as big or as tough as uh, Jabba was. But quickly, Bobo proves them wrong. You know, he's 
somehow at some point the the two cousins i think of java the two little, little worms <laughs> like call them they uh they really have no interest in taking over the java's old thing like they're like okay bubble you can have this we're gonna have a peace offering and we're gonna give you this uh bathra which you know is another one of the creatures that luke killed when java was in charge and it was kind of cool because they've expanded on the bathra a little bit is that once the bathra like has eye contact with you in front of it once it's first eye contact it, it becomes a pet like it, it will follow your instruction and so that's one of the cool things you know Bubba's was like telling the trainer you're going to train it to do this for me as i can write it etc etc uh which is very cool but uh after without you know giving away too much mm -hmm. you know we get into the final episode and then we run into which the final episode is more about the Mandalorian himself. And the Mandalorian is trying to get back to visiting Grogu, who's the little Yoda thing <laughs> that he saved uh, in the Mandalorian series. So a lot of people who have been watching this series say that the last one with the Mandalorian was the best. And, it, and some of it's because of the more action-oriented stuff in it. And maybe that's why Bubba right now is kind of like lacking because you don't get many. You do get a few fight scenes and stuff like that, but it hasn't really held people's uh, attention as much as the Mandalorian did. Because I think one person mentioned that the Mandalorian was kind of, uh, you know, as a character, he was very secretive. He was not speaking a whole lot, where Bubba was talking a lot. That's something we're not used to mm -hmm. because Bubba used to never say anything. In fact, I don't recall Bubba. Maybe he said one thing at the time when he said that he needed uh, Solo alive before mm -hmm. he took him back. But you really didn't hear much from until, like, the Clone Wars, I think, we saw Boba without his gear on at that point. The same actor, in mm -hmm. fact. Uh, which is a cool thing. I do, I'm do. i very happy they go and find these actors and actresses that they use to reprise roles. I really love that part of it. Uh, but, yeah, the Mandalorian itself, uh, being in the final episode... Uh, reconnects everything from the Mandalorian series with Boba Fett and so we don't know exactly what's going to go forward but that was a cool thing I did talk to Neko beforehand that one of the uh, individuals who run like the local bar or cafe whatever you would call it uh, Garshaf Whip is actually played by Jennifer Beals who we know from Flashdance Flash so uh, I found that very interesting. There is another thing that's very interesting about the, the Bubble Fett series is uh, there's this Wookiee uh, called Kersanatan, and like he's very he's a dark colored Wookiee, and he's just a badass. And he has some very cool moments in here, and I think his character had just finally joined Bubba's crew, so like it's gonna be fun to kind of watch this play out. Uh, I don't really know what's on store for the future, but you know it's struggling right now, and I think. One thing that we talked about when we started the podcast is that the danger zone for Marvel and, and Star Wars and all this stuff is that you sometimes can expand too much. Like one thing I noticed with her and I, we got into the Netflix series Daredevil and Punisher a little bit, but when it came to like, uh, what was it, Jennifer? Which one? Jessica Jones, uh, Luke Cage, and all that. We didn't really care for them as much. Because and then they just kind of abandoned them. Yeah. Because that's before... And probably because they didn't have the audiences they thought they might get. Well, not only that, but that was also when... Um, what do you call it? Uh, everything was on Netflix. 
and Netflix had a lot of the um, rights to some of the stuff that's now, like even the Marvel stuff. Right. That was now Disney Plus started, and then they lost the rights. And I just think that, you know, a lot of the, like, we really like Daredevil. Mm-hmm. But and it was ended like really intensely, like with uh, Kingpin and everything. Mm-hmm. And we're like, great, we were ready for another season, and nothing happened because it just kind of I think got sucked up by Disney Plus, and they had no one, you know, like they had no plan. Um, Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, uh, we weren't, I because I really love that actress, and I can't think of her name right now, but she's always kind of been like a supporting actress. Um, she was in. Uh, Gilmore the girl Girls, next door or whatever um, Don't Trust the Bee, and Apartment 3, um, like, I love her, I think she's really funny, and I was like, yeah, she's a great actress, I was like, thank, I was so excited that she had her own show, but we weren't even following it, like, we're trying to follow it, I couldn't even figure out what the story is, and I was just a little, like, ugh, just a little disappointed, and I hate that. Yeah, one of my issues with some of these other shows was that these aren't your normal, like, these aren't your Thors or your Hulks or anything like that. but They're called the street level. Right. Know. And so when you go from the top of the chain to these lower level ones, it becomes a little less interesting to, uh, to me because, you know, you're expecting more excitement out of it. And, of course, with the lower level, you get a little bit more of the, which some would argue what we need in the other ones, but they would, you know, it's more of a, like Jessica Jones had, like, personal deep, emotional scars that like she was getting over and the size of power that she had uh but i think by then i was kind of like not very interested in that part of that character i'm looking for the more you know wham bam thinking man action stuff that we're so used to and I, I i just you know like i said i really tried i hate when there's something you're so excited for and yeah yeah but uh you know we'll see how the second season of uh bubble fed goes i mean right now it's kind of kicking off at a low start but so did uh wandavision a little bit that picked up towards the end of that first season so but at least at least with that one there were some interesting bits to keep you interested throughout boba fett kind of loses you a little bit mm-hmm. uh and probably relies too much on like right now with that last episode it relies too much on the mandalorian for support and a lot of people were saying the same thing that I was. Like, it wasn't easy to follow. It was boring. And then, I, I forgot if it was episode five or six, people were like, finally, something exciting on, on Boba Fett. Right. And, again, I feel super guilty for not liking it because I like so much fucking Star Wars. And I love, you know, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I I... Maybe if I do buy the children's books and I read the children's books, I'll be I'll be more inclined to watch. And I am not a person who is too snobby to reread a child's book. Believe me, I used to do it all the time just for like uh, nostalgia. I was even in a, a little book club. It was online, but this was years ago where everybody they'd pick a book of the week, and it would be something like Nancy Drew or The Babysitters Club, like. Yeah. You know, it was it was one I, I can't remember if it was Live Journal or Reddit Live Journal, wow, or Reddit and we'd be like, Okay, this week book is uh the Babysitters Club, blah 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 and I'm like, God, I remember that book and these books are so you know, they are meant for fifth and sixth graders, so you can really blow through a book pretty you know, me, I can blow through a book like in a day. Dude, I've got books I haven't read yet from Lou Yarley who I know is a great author and 
She's read a few of them already, but I know she hasn't read all of them. But like, I have a couple that, that I could literally hand her a book, she'll read it, and then tell me what it's about. <laughs> well, with him, because I I went out on one of my jobs and I had read like two of Lou's book books on my Kindle, which I have to make sure I find that. And um, he had had the hard copies of the books here. I was gone for three months. I had read those two books plus multiple other like I like easy reading when I'm out there. He didn't finish one, and then I said, "Okay." I was making progress. I was about three quarters of the way through. He likes when I read to him because I I like try to do voices and try to like. I like try to envision like a movie when she's reading. And I also think you might like books on tape. Like if you, I've heard books on tape before. And I think Jack the Ripper series. I I think you might like because the way you like to listen and visualize things, it might. You know, I know it's not... Books on tape are not for me because I won't focus on it, but... When I was a kid, it was, and I don't know why it just popped in my head, but there was this little tape cassette, or it was like... I mean, I must have been like 10 or 9. I had some of those, too, where it was like but you it was got the sco- book. It was a Scooby-Doo. And you and had the like, tape, and yeah. then you read it and listened to the... Well, I don't think it was even like... I don't think the, the tape was just by itself, I think. But anyway, like... I was listening to it as a kid, like, and I was literally envisioning what was going on, because they had the voices. Oh, like, the real, like, the shaggy voice and everything? Right, yeah. So, like, I'm envisioning the, the, the whole episode. It was not a very long cassette, but, like, I'm just like, oh, wow. And then, of course, the scary thing that turned out to be in the backyard was a cat, you know? So, I was like, it was just kind of funny. It's just simple things like that, but you can really envision and hear what you're looking for. Uh, it's not that I don't like reading. It's just, you know, I've got so many other interests going on right now. And, you know, then we have, like, news, breaking news. Like, uh, apparently, uh, Prestige Worldwide is pulling their shit from Spotify. So, <laughs> Neil Young's got some company with that. So, you know, those guys are good. <laughs> it's breaking news right yeah. now. <laughs> I knew you'd like that. There's another one I just said. Again, this is how we communicate. 90% memes. The funny thing is, like, her and I, we've got, like, stuff that no one else knows of, but if she sends it to me or I send it to her, she knows exactly what it is we're referring to. Uh, Alright, well, let's get back to some music. Uh, got some fragged, uh, brand new stuff for them called Black Sun kicking off our next block. Yeah, yeah. 
back, DJ Nubus. And DJ Nego. All right, we're going to talk a little bit about Archive 81. Oh, my God. I'll mm. let you take the reins. You want me to take the reins? Yeah. Okay, so, sorry. She's feeding her face. I'm feeding my face. I'm having some popcorn shrimp. Um, it's very hard to talk about Archive 81 without even giving spoilers. But, basically... What happens is this young man is an archivist, his specialty, and he is, like, obsessed with old media, as we learn to find out. Like, he has a collection of different, like, cameras and stuff, but he has the ability to take old tapes and digitize them, even ones that are severely damaged. And he gets hired by this guy because these tapes were recovered from a fire. That happened in an apartment complex. Now, when you're digitizing, like, actual media, it would be like if you're digitizing a tape or a record or, you know, a VHS, you have to watch it, and then you have a capturing program. Same thing, like, if we wanted, if we have records, because we do still have records, and our um, record player has the ability to digitize your records where you can put it on a USB but you have to play it it's like old school when you wanted to copy a tape you had to play the tape and put the blank tape in the other tape head so as he's watching these tapes there's just like crazy shit going on there's this really really sweet young girl who um she's the one Melody who is using her camera to like just interview people in this apartment because what happened when she was a baby she was taken to uh, she was abandoned in a church and she was taken um, you know she had a foster mother but apparently she receives a letter that says that you know her birth mother actually lived in these apartments and her whole idea was she wanted to interview these people you know it's kind of a beat-up apartment but it's very eclectic like there are people there um who've been there for years and she's trying to get more information and this is what's happening on the tapes so there's like two stories going on at the same time and this this young guy dan is watching melodies um but unlike bobo fed it's a little easier to follow the the flashbacks here than it is because you're actually seeing dan watching it and then it'll kind of like go to full screen so you understand that this is him watching what's going on right and Melody is really looking for her birth mother because she was left with a ring as a baby in a church, and that's all she knows. So she fi- she fi- figures that, you know, she's a college student. It wasn't that long ago. Maybe somebody who lived there would know her mother and know who her mother is, and she had a name. She was asking around, but as she's interviewing these people, like, weird shit is happening. She's hearing, like, weird chanting, weird music. She comes upon, in the community room, all of the the residents are, like, humming and, like, heavy breathing. And they see that they're, like, worshipping some idol. And she's like, what the fuck is going on here? The leader of this group is named Samuel. And we find it's some kind of a cult that goes back years because there's a whole episode that goes back 
and you know it's a flashback episode because they were looking at the history of the area. So back in the 20s, there was a mansion by this very, very rich Voss family, and they were into this cult too, but the mansion burned down, which eventually happens to this apartment complex. And then when you come back to present day, you see Dan, as he's archiving all this stuff, he's in this compound and he starts realizing he's being watched and he starts discovering corridors and like a church and finding old notebooks and other things. So there's like all these other little like Easter eggy type things. And this, so Archive 81 only has one season and it has a couple of seasons on the podcast. And I really want to download all of them and listen to them while I'm out there. Um, because one little Easter eggy thing was this woman who she's been in the apartment for many years and she's kind of eclectic. Um, she, she records everything. She records all these weird soaps and she thinks that they have a message or something. Well, when you flash forward, when Dan is at the compound, you find all these, I don't know, they're called composition notebooks, but they're, I called them cow books when I was little, like, cause they're black and white. And there apparently was another dude who was doing archival because those tapes were found too. You don't really get into that part of the story, but you get like, you see that guy, there's some footage of him like recording himself and he's archiving, like writing down all, and those that's what's in the cow books. But that guy there figures that this place is weird too. And, um, you know, he archived all those soaps because I guess those yeah, tapes like, were it's found like too. The guy that hired him uh, from LMG, like, he he warned Dan to like, because he's isolated, so he's mm -hmm. by himself. So he's like, look, just you know, if you need like mental health help or whatever, just reach out to us and we'll ask. Like, clearly knowing that something will probably happen to Dan, uh, based on what we find out later happened to the first guy. So, and there's this weird black mold. Yep. That is everywhere. And, I mean, there's, again, these are all these characters. So there's, you hear about past characters. Um, this one woman's, well, I say sister in quotes because they have been living there since, like, the 60s. That was really her lover. But she used to mix her own paint. And apparently it had that black mold in it. And it made her go crazy and kill herself. Melody's, um roommate julia or excuse me annabelle her she's played by julia chan she gets a hold of some of this paint because the one the lady who'd been there for so long she like collected all these artifacts and stuff and knew that annabelle was an artist so she gave her some of that paint and then annabelle was doing the same thing she there was an empty apartment that she locked herself into and just was painting and it turned out that what she was painting was the Voss woman, hmm. it was just really crazy. So sort of like a premonition. So, uh, yeah, so you've got, like, some really weird things going on with cultist activity. There's uh, that comment that, that... Even stuff like Dan, when he's re-watching these tapes that he's fixing, he'll see, like, what looks to be, like, something trying to enter our world. Mm -hmm, like a face. Yep. 
But then so, he'll have a nightmare thinking that the face came out. Right. So, like, there's, like, a lot of interesting things going on. And there's a lot of twists and turns. Uh, I'm not going to spoil it, but there's definitely a moment where a particular individual who's been in contact with Dan throughout his time at the isolate, uh, the cabin or whatever it is, uh, has a close kinship with our main character. Uh, who's the girl again? Melody. Melody. So, it, it, you know, things are just getting really crazy. And then even by the time we get to the final episode, it's got, like, it gets even weirder. So, like, we already know that we're going to have another season because it's already opened up a door to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the closest thing that, you know, talk with Neko about this, the closest thing I can compare this series to is also the series to Dark. Like, there's a lot of uh, transference of And time. the timeline is yeah. all over the place but and it's not exactly the same so don't go in thinking it's the exact type the same plot but it does have a similar vibe about it uh so that's one thing to keep in mind if you enjoyed the dark uh you'll probably it's called dark it. not the dark yeah dark it's a german um show that netflix had picked up and we really got into it we, we watched all the seasons here's the thing i feel like dark had so much going on that I did a lot of re- remember, I would try to figure out because the family timelines and the family trees yeah, get really confusing. Yeah, dark is uh, it, it, it's very hard to follow at first. Like in fact, I think the first couple seasons, Nick and I were real still. Tr- I think we almost had to go back and look at them again, but we were a little confused. That's why we did like a lot of reading up on it and whatnot. By the time you get to the third season, though, things start to come into play. So mm-hmm. like. Even if you start dark and you start losing interest or can't follow, just stick with it because it will eventually work itself out. Uh, it's just they do. I think that is one of the common complaints about that particular series is that it was a little bit hard to follow at first, and so a lot of people probably just abandoned it at that point. I think so too, and I. The very last season of Dark, like, it was the third season, right? It kind of like made everything make sense more. So with this, with Archive Eighty One. They, they leave it at the end, and you know there's going to be a second season. And I think there were three seasons of, of the podcast, so I don't know if I want to listen ahead or if I want to, like, listen just to the first season. Um, you know, there's a whole discussion. I'm a big Redditor. I that's, I guess that's my social media of, of preference. But it's not really, like, social media like Facebook, but there's lots of discussions. Like, I'll join groups that are into Sex in the City, or I'll join groups that are into horror, or there's, like, a whole Joe Bob's group on there. And, like, like on Facebook where there's Facebook groups, but that's all Reddit is really about is... So there's an Archive 81, and I haven't really read, like, I kind of peek in there because I'm like I know there's going to be spoilers because these people have already listened to the whole thing um I just don't know if I should listen or if I should just kind of wait until the next season or I don't know what do you think um you can do whatever you want like that that's fine with me like I enjoy the series I don't know if I'm as crazy bad as you might be so maybe that is good that you can entertain yourself Mm -hmm. with that out there uh, I'll definitely watch it when the new season comes up, but you'll probably be ahead of me in terms of the knowledge of what's going on, which is good because if I have any questions, like, what the fuck does this mean? <laughs> you know? Uh, you know, likewise, you know, there's, I just know there's, like, when it comes to Fed or Peacemaker, you're not as interested in mm-hmm. those series as I am. Uh, 
Yeah, so but it's a def- decent, uh, interesting uh, series. Uh, even because like the one drawback with Dark also is that it is subtitled. So we do, we watched it. We dubbed it. Oh, that's right. There was, yeah, we turned on the audio English, so you can do both. Um, but I mean, this one, this one's a little easier to follow than that one. But uh, it was just well good. done, well acted, and it's not like a lot of like super well known actors or anything. No, no. but. Like, I believed this guy. Like, with him, he was... Yeah, the funny thing is, is like, I don't mean to cut you off. Oh, sure. uh, the lead on this film, besides the, the white girl, is a black dude. So, without really reading much on it, like, I'm not hearing anything about, like, people crying about, oh, this is great for black people. Like, I don't go into it like that. I just saw the character... When we started watching, I said, this is a good, this guy's... And I wish they would, because no, he's I, amazing. I, yeah, but I don't want him to do that, because then we make it about race. Like, that's one of my biggest problems with, like, the whole, like, well, we need more of this and more of this. I'm like, if the person can act and do the role, just let him do it. This guy's good. I don't know who the actor is. I forget. Uh, but he plays Dan, but he's very good. And, you know... Oh, he, let me get his name. I had it up. Yeah. It is... Oh, God, I can't pronounce it. Mamadou <laughs> Athi. Oh, yeah. But he's really good. And Mamadou... I th- I'm probably pronouncing yeah, it Yeah, I probably butchered it. But. <laughs> poor, poor guy. I can't pronounce... Sorry, our last name gets butchered all the time. All the time. It's still worthy to check out. It's on Netflix. Do it. Get involved. Mm-hmm. Then tell us any questions you might have. Or yeah, I mean... Have. That's one thing we like more. If you guys haven't seen this shit, let us know how you feel about some of the stuff we talk about because I'm very curious. Uh, like last night, uh, while Neko was out with friends, I went and jumped on a, uh, a YouTube uh, Versus episode with uh, Derek from Flick Snacks. Uh, and they were debating AM Flux versus Equilibrium. So You love Equilibrium. Yeah, so I mean, that was really fun for me to go in there and talk about that because that's one of my favorite films. So. Uh, obviously, if you guys are listening to the podcast and you think there's any things you might want to mention, just get on Facebook or on our YouTube channel or whatever and bring up the questions or comments because we'd like to hear from you all what you think of some of this stuff. Even the movie vault picks. Like, if you agree or disagree with our takes on it, let us know. All right, let's get into our next block of music. Okay. I uh, got some Reaper kicking it off with Cold War.
up one morning Golden John full of hair on her chest Sparkle her pupils Diamonds are cheap and manlies Every night a thousand eyes Slaves I know you like it You buffered scroll Coming 
DJ Anubis here, and I want to say if you dig all things Godzilla and KG related, then check out the YouTube channel of the Sci-Fi Century. He has great reviews, opinions, and theories in the world of sci-fi horror, anime, and of course everyone's favorite atomic breathing lizard, Godzilla. Century provides great commentary when both having a special guest on his shows as well as the collaborations with the big teddy bear, that fat samurai guy. So if you want to keep it raw, real, tune into the Sci-Fi Century. That's S-C-I-F-I-S-E-N-T-R-Y Sci-Fi Century Tune in to get the best in science fiction and Godzilla related information Peace Alright Get ready to jump into our rock block Gonna be liking it. Me likey. Lots of new stuff except for Neko's pick. <laughs> Got some brand new stuff from Cult of Luna, Tokyo Blade, Lalu, La 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 Lu, <laughs> Gia G, which is very cool because she's a guitarist virtuoso. virtuoso. There you go. That's what I'm looking for because she's there to correct my bad grammar, my lisp. <laughs> I'm the one with the lisp. Only on a tennis court, on a racquetball court. <laughs> what? Only on a racquetball court. What are you talking about? Oh my god, do I really have to go, like, cable guy on you here? Oh. I mean, <laughs> ah. I mean for fuck's sake. <laughs> I forgot. You're the one that does it all the time we're out there. I, I, I Headband have, and all. I have to warm up. Yeah. Hold on. Wind sprints. I have to warm up. I don't want to. I don't want to pull a hammy. I can't even get it now because I don't. <laughs> put her on the spot. <laughs> oh my god! I do. I'm, I put on my headband. I'm like, I don't want to pull a hammy, and I can't do it. God damn it! Will you put me <laughs> on? <laughs> yeah, I try to get her to do like the uh, the the Smeagol or the uh, World of Warcraft shit. She can't do it on on spot. It's only when I'm actually playing that she gets behind. And she's like. <laughs> I don't know how she does it, but like I can't do it myself. But it's funny. Do it. <laughs> we, we, we can't. I can't do it. <laughs> she fails, the, dude. The fat one. Yeah. Yo, he's been eating. God damn it! Yeah. <laughs> it's usually I'm just making fun of World of Warcraft or or, yeah. or Lord of the Rings, but the other day. So we're, we're driving home from racquetball, or no, from lunch. We're driving home. I said, oh, look, that dude has a Deathly Hollows sticker. And he's like, you know what the Deathly Hollows are? I, I immediately started quizzing her. like, okay, what are the Deathly Hollows? And she started doing I was like, it's it. the triangle with the stick in the circle. And he's like, yep, yeah, but what do they mean? Yeah. I'm like, well, the stick is the wand. And mm -hmm. he's like, mm-hmm, the, the elder wand. Yeah. And and the triangle is the cloak of invisibility. He's like, mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. He's like, what's the circle? I'm like, uh, the stone. He's like, yes, the, the resurrection st stone. I know. First, first he had to give me a hint. He's yeah. like, Harry needed it. 
during his last fight with Voldemort. Mm -hmm. And if you guys don't know, I am not a big fan of Harry Potter. Um, and I, I don't like I'm not, I don't discredit or make fun of any. I just it's not for me. It's not interesting. To, but he watches it so much, and he's taking me to movies that I've promptly fallen asleep in. <laughs> I mean, the only one I really liked was the one with um. What was it? The one with uh, Cedric. Oh, well, no, we didn't go to the theater for that. No, but that's the only one I liked. Goblet of Fire, yeah. yeah. That was uh, Robert Pattinson, by yeah. the way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, yeah, uh, I was, but she always occasionally blows me away with some of these... Um, like, things that I remember? Yeah, so, I like, it's really kind of funny. Like, um, like Mean Joe Green? Which gives me an idea, though, for Aaron when we do his interviews. So oh, I'm glad shoot. you kind of brought it up. Uh, all right, let's get into our rock block. Uh, brand new stuff from Boris. Uh, this is called The Fallen, and I really like this new record. Not quite record of the year for me, but very cool. I enjoyed the shit out of it. So this is called The Fallen from Boris. Let's get it started. Whoop, whoop.
Everybody, this is Mr. Joshua Gray, your live gameplay DJ, live weekday mornings, every day, but hump day, playing Mortal Kombat or other games occasionally and featuring a number of different artists. So come on by, grab your breakfast, and enjoy some fatalities. Mr. Joshua Gray on YouTube, Monday, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 8 to noon to the moon. And you're listening to DJ Anubis and DJ Neko on Metal Tavern Radio.
right. New Tokyo Blade. Kill me till I'm dead. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Old school hard rock there. So, okay. Okay, 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 okay. The one before that was... Uh, the one before that was the uh, Lalu Reset to Preset. That was the one I said sounds like yes. Very classic rockish yeah. kind of thing going on there. That's kind of crazy. Like, everything... The what was the first one? The first one was Well, we okay. had Gia Gia who did Cosmic Wave. She's like a guitarist, like, you know, sort of like Satriani or mm -hmm. Steve Vai. Very, uh, no, no, no singing. Just good, great guitar playing. Like Nita Strauss and all that. Uh... The first one was Boris, The Fallen from their new record. Let me uh, pull up what the uh, actual album is called. Now, to be fair, it's called W, and there's some female vocals in some of the songs there as well, some harsh vocals in there. We didn't have the one with any of that in there, but uh, maybe that wasn't the best representation to put out there as far as, like, you know, a very good record for me. But I, I've, listened, I've followed Boris for a long time, and there are a band that... Dabbles in both alternative rock as well as uh, sludge as well as uh, drone. So you hear a lot of that stuff in there. Mm -hmm. uh, this new record is probably one of the better ones. But they, they're off and on for me because some records are different than others. Uh, that's what makes them very diverse and versatile. But uh, even the new record has a bunch of different stuff on it. So I was just trying to find something that was a little bit more into what we were doing through the rock block. And... Uh, I could have chose some with some more female vocals, but I think they have a little bit more harsh vocals in there as well. So, obviously, that's you weren't crazy about that particular tune. So, but maybe there's another one in there that you would probably enjoy. Uh, but you seem to like everything else already. Yeah, and the one I it sounded like an alien. That's the only remember. I was like, this sounds pretty like psychedelic, like an alien or something. That might be Lalu, yeah. Mm -hmm. So now it brings us to your pick. So my pick is from. A long, long time ago, from 1993, and uh, what what's really the video? I do too. So what's really crazy is this song is like the only song I really even know well or like by this band, but I like it a lot. And I don't know how many times I've done some drunken karaoke to this song. Oh my god, think about it. <laughs> I um. I remember the first time seeing this probably on 120 minutes, you know, because it was like, this is a very heavily alternative song. And um, what's interesting is uh, the song itself is What's Up by Four Non Blondes. And Perry was um, living in San Francisco. And she was a waitress, and she was also friends with Third Eye Blind frontman Stephen Jenkins. And they both, like, kind of bounce things off of each other. So what they were saying in this article is that, like, St uh, Stephen Jenkins and, and Linda Perry, they both kind of played each other early versions of What's Up and Semi-Charm Life. Mm -hmm. And kind of, not really collaborated, but, like, took each other's opinions seriously. And, um, like, what's interesting is Perry revealed on Behind the Music that they originally, what they played is what the record company didn't want. Like, that kind of acoustic sound, alternative sound. There was another producer who came in and, like, 
reworked the music under Perry's vocals. And she was pissed. She was just kind of like saying, this has nothing, this is not my song. You're, you've taken my song. So in the end, like, they agreed to rework the demo that that she had they had originally played and that's where they came up with the final part and i mean it was a smash everybody you know pretty much knows this song um and the producer i don't know this guy david tickle um (laughs) she has i think there's a guy that produced a record yeah and she has no love for him and i don't know if that's you know because you do kind of get uh what's the word you get like that black mark on you if you talk too poorly about people, you know, but she has no law. She's like, the guy had no sense of what the song was. She went to the label like above his head and said, this song sucks. It's not the song I wrote. And then she and the band went back to the record plant and started reworking it themselves. And then David Tickle showed up and they were already done with the song. They finished it, mixed it, themselves and that's the version that blew up all over the world and which is always funny because i know that the artists weren't really crazy about the version but one thing that i will say and this is you can take it or leave it and this really only applies to mainstream music okay i remember when and this is more when ross robinson was helping out corn uh-huh now, granted, Corn is a much heavier band, but like Ross was directing Jonathan Davis and the rest of the band to do like, especially Davis, like vocally, he's like, "Look, you've got this song. It's very dark. I need you to really. It's almost like the whole Bruce Dickinson thing. I need you to really dig deep <laughs> and feel it. And so, if you hear like uh, the last song on uh, Life Is Peachy." Uh, Davis is virtually breaking down crying from the oh, I've, lyrics. Oh, I've played many hours on Life is Peachy. Right, so when it comes to the more mainstream stuff, you've got these producers and whatnot are, that are helping these artists, and it happens even today with like Taylor Swift and Katy Perry and all these other people. They're directing them on what is going to sell. Uh it, 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 and it's a conundrum for artists because, you know, as you said, the the, the artist who created this, the, I forget her name. Linda Perry. Yeah. She's like, I have a vision of what my song should be. But then, you know, the other guy is saying, look, you want to make it in this business or you want to sell records. This is what's got to happen. Uh, and sometimes, and this will kind of go into what I'm going to say in a minute. Sometimes this is what you usually see, especially back during the 90s, uh, when Nine Inch Nails was releasing their singles, like, uh, uh, what's the one with <laughs> Fuck You Like an Animal? Um, Pretty Hate Machine? No, 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 the song uh, on the second album. Closer. Yes. Uh, they had, like, multiple versions of that on a single. Mm-hmm. Sometimes remixes or whatever. Perry could have easily done that. Maybe they did. Um to where she could have her own version on the single as well as the one that was released. Well, I mean, right after this, Linda Perry left the band in 94 and the remaining members disbanded. Like, this kind of broke them, and I think part of it was, like, uh, because they had such a bad experience 
they probably were kind of marked but, a little bit. That's so weird because, you know, wasn't that the goal of what they wanted? Like, I don't know. I'd never really seen a band. I guess you could say Kurt Cobain kind of hated all the media and the... No, I'm. what I'm saying is I, I feel like uh, because she went above the producer's head. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so she was just... It's politics for her. Yeah, right? and I think that's kind of what ended up happening is, like, you know, this... They're, they're, they have one album released, and it spent 59 weeks on the Billboard, Billboard Top 200 and sold 1.5 million copies between in two years. Right. So it was a huge success. But the experience itself was... So I, I, like, she, she doesn't speak on, like, exactly as why... I mean, she went solo herself, and, you know, she's produced and written a lot of songs for Christina Aguilera, Alicia Keys, Pink, Gwen Stefani, Courtney Love, and... Ke like, she has been continuing in the music career. And that and, happens a lot. But I almost feel like, because this really, like, pissed her off, or just in general, like... Well, something happened. Something happened, <laughs> like... And there's no real... I mean, maybe I have to dig a little deeper to find this information, but I almost feel like because she butted head so hard with the record company and the producer either, it was her saying, "I this is not what I want, and I don't want to have to do this every single time I want to write a record. Or maybe the record producer and the company were like, we're, we're going to make... This is, this is the end of this band. So, I don't know. Well, it was funny because, you know, the, the single itself did so well and this is when i knew shit was kind of changing because in the mid to late 90s i had caught i don't know what the fuck i was watching it was on saturday or something and you know it's one of those almost like a american bandstand or soul train type shows but only this was like a country version of that like where they were line dancing was the big thing mm -hmm. And they literally had a remix of What's Up, and they were line dancing to it. And I was like, oh my god. Can you fucking believe it? I can. I love this song. I love singing it myself. Um, it's a good tune. Like, and I, I don't have any issues with the one that was released. Like, I'd be kind of curious to hear the original version, but like... Well, this is more in tune to the demo that she played as the original. When they reworked it, they separated her vocals, and... The music was different, so I have no I I mean, I have no idea what that... I mean... Yeah. I'm surprised, too, because this is, like, at the height of the grunge and alternative, like, climb, why they would want to change it so much. Right. Yeah, I don't know. It, 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 but, you know, this is, again, this comes back to a lot of these guys who work with these artists. They tend to know what's going to sell, so, like, maybe they heard something in the original demo that, like... You know, this is good. There's possibilities here, but we're not sure if this is going to catch the attention of the public. So whatever they did clearly worked. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, that, and that can rub the artist the wrong way because it is their art. So I mean, and then there are some people who absolutely, like some critics were like, this is the worst song ever. It's as bad as music gets. So I don't know. And I, maybe I that's mean, part it went, of it. It went gold and it peaked higher in other um, countries in Austria, Belgium, Denmark, Germany, Iceland, Ireland, the Netherlands, Norway, Sweden, Switzerland, peaked reaching number one and number two in the UK and Australia. Like it was, it got to number four here, but it was worldwide. Like it was a gold record. Right. So, you know, I, 
I, I'm kind of, like, curious, like you, like, what do you think, um, you know, what, what do you think the other one would have been better, and the band would have stayed together, and they would have produced... Well, we had to try to hunt that down, because that's the only way we're going to determine if we think it would have succeeded or not, like, you and I clearly like the version that's out there, so, and clearly a lot of the poppers, but it would be interesting to see what the original version of that song would have sounded like, because... It's hard to say. I've, I've, you know, it, I, it might be a lot more than just that song that really drove her out of that thing. Like you said, if she has to go over someone's head to try to get the attention, that's never a good sign. That's always going to leave like bitterness between whoever you're working with, and uh, that's. I'm one of those people that like I probably would have done the same thing she had if I had felt the same way because I'm an asshole like that. Like sometimes I feel like the people that I work with that are my direct supervisors don't hear me oh wait a minute hold on i think i might have found it Uh oh hold on hold the horses oh oh my normally i can spot i think i might have found like an old forum from like 2018 or something that has all right so i'm gonna see if i can find it and uh we're gonna go ahead and play four non-blondes and then if i found it then We'll give it a little spin. We'll give it a little listen. Check it out. All right, well, introduce. Here we go. Sorry. So, without further ado, we are listening to Four Non Blondes. What's going on? <laughs> Title What's Up, which is never in the lyrics, but hey, who's, mm-hmm. who, who's counting? <laughs> Attention, please. Be prepared for a musical transformation that you've never felt before. In a moment, we will bring you on a journey like there's no tomorrow. And we will break new ground. Hailing from the land below the wind. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome DJ Neko's pick of the week.
What's up, everyone? This is Richie from Grave Huffer, and you're listening to DJ Anubis and DJ Neko on Metal Tavern Radio. Rank it the fuck up. Peacemaker on so HBO peacemaker. Max. Of course, this is in referrals to John Cena portraying the character Peacemaker, who, if you had seen the Suicide Squad movie recently of last year, uh, reprising his role for this series, which is interesting because I didn't really envision a series based off of that character coming out of that movie. Which, but it's cool, you know. Like I'd like to see one for. Idris Elba. Yeah. God damn it. Uh, How about just you know. Elba as James Bond? Now if they want to do well. If they want to do that, we can just skip his personal series in this and go with James Bond. But you know, you know how we have, we know how we roll with that. Uh, if that happens, <laughs> I mean, we've we've seen that Idris Elba is part of the conversation. And right. Who's that other guy? Um, Look, I'm fanning myself. She's fanning, like, she's like, oh, so hot. I can't keep I can't myself even, cool enough. I can't enough. even think about it, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, if that happens... They, the reason why they, they've they never even said anything about who the next James Bond is going to be is because Daniel Craig was still the James Bond that we currently had, so they didn't want to kind of, like, be like, we still have a James Bond, but everybody knew Daniel Craig is like, this is my last time, and right. they really made it his last time. So, <laughs> yeah, they did. Daniel Craig, I bet you Daniel Craig went in and said, "Look, this is what needs to happen because I'm not coming back." So he's like, "Did whatever he did." But see, that only makes it better for Idris to be the next. Oh hell film. yeah! Oh yeah! Because he's being resurrected as a new person. It's gonna be like two birds, one stone. You know, it'll be like Men in Black, like. Oh, your name was, like, John Smith? No, no, no. You're James Bond. And then he comes back as James Bond, and he's... <laughs> and then he'll be coming out of the ocean glistening. <laughs> oh, they redid that scene like they did with Daniel Craig and his little Speedo. Oh, my God. She, she can't contain herself. I can't. I can't stop thinking about Idris Elba. But John Cena, you know, he's a big dude. You know, wrestler, got the guns. He's all right. Yeah, all right. 
Uh, one of my favorite things about this series, and I'm just gonna get off the bat here, is it's funny. His love for fucking hair rock, glam oh, rock. I know, I know. That's one thing I actually did. In really fact, like about the title this. sequence apparently that the song called uh, "Do You Want to Taste It" is from a Norwegian glam band called Wigwam. So that's cool as shit. But he also like it's not just that Cena like goes back. He like he wears like a faster pussycat shirt and all this other stuff, but he uh he points out to other hair rock bands of the 80s that no one really talks about which is very cool uh there's a moment there's an episode where he actually uh <laughs> bangs his chick who turns out to be uh trying to kill him we're gonna get into that in a minute uh so he's fighting with her in this fucking like her uh apartment and before that all breaks out he's like looking at her record collection she's got all the good stuff so he's like breaking out the vinyl and you know, but after he ends up having to kill her, he goes back to the apartment and steals some fucking vinyl and takes it with him. Uh, because that's him. You know, he just really likes that. Uh, but the basis of this is, of course, it's on the tales of the Suicide Squad movie because we know, spoiler alert, he ends up killing the no-name dude that I can't remember at the offhand who was uh, Enchantress, Enchantress's uh, boyfriend. Who kind of runs the show? Who I can't remember his name, but I'm so bad at this. Uh, however, mm-hmm. if you saw the movie, you know what I'm talking about. So uh, Peacemaker is kind of in jail at this point. I think he's in jail anyway, and then he gets out because uh, Waller, who runs this entire show, uh, wants to use him in another project. So he, she hooks him up with a group of people who you've seen from Suicide Squad, like the, the tech dude mm-hmm. and this other chick that's in there. And uh, Waller's niece, I think, is the one that plays the black girl in this. I'm so bad at this with names. I should have researched it more, but... Uh, I've been drinking, so I have that Yeah, excuse. he's had one beer. <laughs> Big beer. Big! Big I, beer. I think after you've lost weight... Your alcohol tolerance has gotten worse, and me, mine has gotten better. But see that—that that, no, see that's good for me because I don't have to drink as much to get to the point that I need to be. And me, I'm like you will take on a fucking keg and still keep going. That's the problem. I know it is a bad problem too. Bad. Like, so like, what I've been doing lately is I've been trying. I did have a beer last night, but I've been trying not to have a lot of beer because it, the calories are usually higher and the carbs, etc. So I've been getting those seltzers that are sugar-free and then i'm adding vodka to it <laughs> yeah yeah yep yeah so i'm like three seltzers in and now i'm having my vodka seltzer um combo right now and i i do like i take like i guess like an ounce and add it to it so it's like because i we have a soda stream and that's usually what I do is I, I make my own sparkling water and then have like a vodka and soda with some lime or whatever. And I'm like, you know what? Let's kill two birds with one stone. Let's get a spiked seltzer with some flavor and then add my vodka to it. Boom. So extra, extra drunk. I haven't gotten extra drunk yet, though. So anyway. So anyway, <laughs> uh, in this series, Peacemaker has been recruited by Waller to work with these other spies. That's basically what Waller is. She's in charge of all the spies. And she's the one that runs the Suicide Squad when they go do these missions and whatnot. So uh, she's t- he's teamed up with uh, Danielle Brooke, Jennifer Holland, Steve Agee, and uh, Chiquita Woody. 
Iwuji. Uh, sorry, man, if I really butchered Dude! That's fucking name, though. Uh, and he also has a friend, apparently, that we get to know named Vigilante, and he's funny as fuck because he's just this dude that works at this, like, uh, Applebee's-type restaurant, and when they first see each other again, because fucking Cena, he's a peacemaker, he's getting in a meeting with the spies, and he still comes in costume to the restaurant. Oh, yeah. It's fucking hilarious. Uh, obviously, Peacemaker is very... He's not dumb, but he's very uh, oblivious to how he acts around people and what he says, and very uh, boomerish, I guess you would say. Uh, part of this, though, is because his father, played by Robert Patrick, is like a full-fledged Nazi, <laughs> which we're getting into all that shit, too. Um, but the goal of the mission for these spies and peacemakers is to infiltrate... Uh, what they believe is this alien invasion where these uh, praying mantis looking like critters that get inside your mouth and then they take over your body. I, think, I thought they were more like moths. Well, they call them butterflies, mm -hmm. but they look like fucking praying mantis to me. Uh, but it, it gets kind of funnier as the thing goes along because, you know, Peacemaker in the last episode has one of these in a container that he's been feeding this goo that they've been trying to stop from, uh, stop the import or whatever so they keep, these creatures can't feed on it. Because once they're in their human bodies, they still feed on it. So he's got one of these critters in his little glass jar, and it actually understands everything he's saying. It's very intelligent. It's an alien life form. Uh, there gets there's one point in the last episode where... Peacemaker and Vigilante are asking the critter questions because what it did was it took some of the food it was eating and drew a peace sign, which meant it was trying to communicate with mm -hmm. them. So uh, they're communicating there and they're trying. <laughs> Vigilante's like asking like questions, like you know, Peacemaker's trying to keep it to a yes or no question because all the only thing this creature can do is knock. So what he told this creature was, if you if it's yes, knock once on the oh, glass. Oh, this is this is what I missed. Okay. Yeah. If it's if it's no, not twice. And so vigilante is asking questions that aren't yes or no. So peacemaker is getting pissed off. He's like, quit, you know, trying to keep this a yes or no questions. But the critter, like CGI, which is really well done, it's not shitty looking, is is very smart. It's got their mannerisms, which is kind of funny. So anyway, we we're finding out that peacemaker's job is to literally infiltrate these things and take them out and. He has his helmet, which is X-ray vision, can see through the you know people. And of course, mm -hmm. he can see who's infected. He's not. Oh, that's his. Uh, oh, I did toilet, see that. Yeah. I did see that part. And the the girl. Yeah, that was the last episode. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, and she finds out that one of the people in the spies group is actually infected. However, the episode you did not see is him explaining to her. Uh, they're not all bad. Like apparently, they came to Earth to try to just coincide with humans and not bother anybody just do their thing but they're kind of like parasites yes and, and and what happens is and this is kind of the thing the dilemma because between the girl who plays the niece and one of the guys in the spy group who's infected is that once these creatures uh come into your body they you're dead like they kill you and then they just take it over uh they can't access your memories uh but it is a sense of form of murder because you're no longer you know you can't come back from that so you're just 
forever going to be infected by one of these creatures unless they kill you. And that's the problem that we're running into in the episode that we just did. Uh, I did, anyway. Uh, there's a portion of these creatures that want to take over the world, and there's the other portion that don't want to do that. So they're kind of fighting each so other. So they don't really know who's who, which is good and bad. Right. So, however, we start to learn this because um, there's a point where... If you remember the the black knee, she uh, set him up with a diary mm -hmm. that she left in his little uh, trailer for a peacemaker to try to get him in trouble. From this is a director from Waller. Uh, so the police, the Asian girl, <laughs> so bad. Asian girl, the guy who plays in the Night at the Roxbury. I can't remember his name, but he's funny. But he's he's the partner. And they're cops, obviously, and they're chasing down Peacemaker. They initially arrested his dad because they tried to make it look like his dad was the one that did all these other kills, like the apartment with the girl. Uh, so now they're chasing down Peacemaker, and Peacemaker gets tipped off, obviously, that they're coming. So they, they climb out the top, and I forgot to mention that Peacemaker has a pet, which is an eagle. Eagly. Eagly. Very cool thing. Uh, CGI is well done, and it, it's very lovable, and I like it. I, I wish I had it. one. Uh, so they escape out the top, and but eventually they're they're seen, and so they're being chased. Now the new, basically sheriff of the department that the Asian girl and the other guy work in, has told them to kind of back off of chasing out Peacemaker, but she's not going to do that. She's a cop. So. After Peacemaker and Vigilante are running through the forest to try to get away from the cops, uh, a couple cops actually corner them, and all of a sudden the cops are shot dead by the sheriff. So now we're like, hmm. Oh, so I, this is the one I didn't see yet. Yeah, yeah. This is all in the last episode. And uh, the sheriff says, look, there's a car down the road. Get in there and leave. They do. Uh, he shoots the rest of the cops that are still kind of alive. And you're thinking to yourself, well, is this dude infected? What, what's going on here? But I know he's been in communication with the spy that's infected in the, the Peacemaker's group, so they, they've been talking. So, uh, Peacemaker gets away. Um, then what happens is the Asian chick actually catches up with Peacemaker and the other guy at some point. Oh, no, this is before that. Sorry, guys, I kind of jumped a little bit ahead. This is before the sheriff shoots the other cops. So she catches him, and she's ready to arrest him. And Vigilante, somehow, he falls out of a tree and breaks the little glass jug with the little mantis in it, the alien mantis, which immediately flies into the Asian chick. So now she's, like, virtually dying because it's, like, tearing into her body and taking over her, her body and whatnot, but she's... Looks like she's almost dead. So the other partner comes and Peacemaker and Vigilante start running. Now, after Peacemaker and Vigilante get away in the car, uh, the Asian chick wakes up from whatever was happening. Of course, the other guy has no idea what happened to her. Except when she goes and she says, I need to call for help. Like, he doesn't understand like what's going on with her. She's like, not talking the same, not doing the same things as she was before. She leaves goes to some secluded forest area and all of a sudden all these little mini ships <laughs> fly down and land in the grass. I mean they're really small and like these little mantises get out and there's like a bunch of what they call butterflies uh, behind her. She walks into the uh, 
the uh, law enforcement uh, building, and they all fall. So every person that's a cop or like in the jail cells are all infected now. Like she's managed to build this army of all these people who are now dead and with these critters inside them. And so what we see at the end of it is uh, they found the diary, so they believe what they're going to do now. The sheriff that I was told he got—he's one of the ones that got infected. He wasn't before, but now he is. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so. They have a press conference, and the sheriff is saying, yeah, everyone, we are all, we have one target in mind. It's Peacemaker, because uh, he believes there's aliens. Like, they're playing it off like there's no aliens, but there is aliens. So, uh, Peacemaker sees aliens. this on Yeah, so Peacemaker sees this on TV, and he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, but now we figure out that the Asian chick and her whole group of army, these are the ones that actually want to take over the world, because obviously... You know they they have ill intentions. Mm-hmm. Now the the alien and infected Asian chick. This is the one that you did see with the episodes before, where it was just the family in the mm-hmm. home, and they were he was supposed to kill him by shoot a sniper him and all that. And that's when vigilante took over. That particular critter that came out of the dad. That's the one that got away, jumped into the chick. So clearly they have some ill intentions, and you know all this other stuff. So. I know it seems a little confusing, but... Yeah, that's part of my problem with this is there's just a lot of nonsense going on, and... Well, I don't really know exactly, like... Like, when you you think of Suicide Squad, yeah, there are funny moments in it, but it wasn't really a funny movie except for maybe the giant starfish, but when this series started, like, it really played off the comedic part of it, and, like, we're like, okay... It's funny. It is. Tina's very funny in this. There's some great stuff in it. But it's not the same kind of thing we're used to, especially when you're dealing with, like, uh, you know, uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League and the the more serious Batman and Wonder Woman stuff we've been seeing. Um, Now, obviously, Suicide Squad are generally a bunch of villains who are doing the work for the government, but... And we know it's kind of more funny than the other stuff. It was still kind of serious in some ways, but uh, there is another moment in the last episode that was kind of funny when Cena was uh, Peacemaker was basically visiting a school. He was doing like a show and tell type thing where he was talking, asking these kids. You know, the kids were asking mm-hmm. questions about him. <laughs> Some are like, like, have you ever met Wonder Woman? He's like, uh, no, but I did see her once, and she caught eye contact with me. She thought I was hot. <laughs> <laughs> She gave me the eyes. Yeah. She was making eyes of me. And then, like, uh, someone else, another kid was like, <laughs> that was so funny. He was just like, yeah, I, I heard you uh, got beat up by so-and-so. He's like, no, that's not true at all. <laughs> and the kid's like, you know, you're just, you know, you don't know. You have your information on The kid's like, no, I don't. <laughs> but it was just funny. It was like, really cool. And then one girl, a little girl, she's like, yeah, do you know uh, what's her name? You know, he's like, I don't, I don't know. He's like, yeah, I think you're my daddy. <laughs> So it just—it was kind of funny. That was one of the better scenes in it, and uh, but that's some of the comedic parts about Peacemaker that's fun. Um, the alien invasion thing, like again, this is one of these things when it comes to comic book series and movies that I never got because even in Marvel's universe, like you, we deal with so many singular movies. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, we got this going on, but where the fuck is Hulk or Thor? This would be nipped in a bud if those two assholes were here. But they're not right now. They're but we off, got they're off planet right. right now. Well, but like it's not always the case. Like you know, even when Iron Man was still alive, 
Spoiler. Uh, but yeah, even when he was still alive, it was like he was never around. And I guess the point is, like, there's just too much bullshit out there for everyone to handle, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know either. Alien invasion, but Peacemaker's the one that's got to solve this problem, mm-hmm. not by himself. Mm-hmm. Kind of funny to me, he's all sad. Oh, my goodness. You know, the this is one thing that um, a lot of heavy comic readers... So I really was a heavy comic reader up until, like, maybe I was 13 or 14, and one of the complaints of people who have continued to read comics is it's just so many, uh, like, multi, multi, for better, for lack of better word, multiverses and multi, like, you know, and it kind of started with, I don't know if you remember this or not, um, when Superman died. Well, yeah, I saw... Is it similar to DC's version? Well, that's what I mean. DC... Superman is DC. Well, I mean, the the movies. No, no, this was, this was in the comic. Okay. This was... I'm trying to think when... It was, like, on covers of magazines. Um, so when Superman died, um, the first time... I'm sure he's died many a times. <laughs> but, like, the original death of Superman was... God, let me, let me see if I can look it up. Because I was... Yeah, I was young. It was, like... 1993. This is where we started splitting things. Right. Like, you had the old Batman, but then you had, this is when the Dark Knight kind of came out. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with Marvel. All of these things started um, creating these, like, side... <sighs> multiverses. I, can't, I hate saying that word, but... Right. So, yes, Superman died, but, oh, he really only died in this dimension. He's not dead over here. And that's what a lot of these hardcore comic book people, they're like, they've, you've turned it into, and which is also very um, creative. You've been able to tell stories that, you know, you would never say that Superman died. Like, there were fucking magazine front page like regular magazine saying superman is dead there was like a gray magazine i I swear to god i think it was like people or something like a legit magazine and i i found that you know i i just kind of stopped reading comic books because the comic book store near my house closed and you know i got more into like i was really into dance and stuff so i just kind of like naturally went away from it but these other people who stayed in touch with it for so long were just kind of like, it got a little too crazy. And now we're starting to see it in the movies and the TV shows and stuff. And people are saying, like, this is why I'm not as attracted to it as I used to be. Because it used to be something simple. Like, that you have... Spy- That's one reason why I, I'm concerned about Marvel. Um, one... Eternals didn't get a lot of good reviews. Like, I know a lot of people have seen it, and, like, I just don't... It doesn't even look interesting to me. Uh, but when we watched Loki, we enjoyed the shit out of it. But the problem that I have with it is... It, when it ended, it started again. No, but it it, it it exposed so many flaws in what we've already seen. Like, we know none of the power that's out there is actually real. It's just manufactured by this the TVA. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm, like, sitting there saying to myself, well, going forward, there's really no way to really get on board with, like... Okay, how about this? How about I blow your mind this way? Maybe the TVA is not real. 
I hope that's the case. <laughs> Maybe the TVA and they're talking about all their multiverses is just another little uh, timeline itself. Right. That's that's a good point. Yeah, and that I'm and that's in the, again. That's why I'm saying some people love it. Like we love. Well, the it's entertainment. Yeah, it's entertaining. Loki. We like the character of Loki, but when it, when they did that, I'm like, oh wow. So really, Thanos was nothing but a bitch, you know, because like it really was. You know, we saw the scene where the, the the Infinity Stones are sitting on the table and the little gauntlet arm or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, oh, yeah, I've got, ton, paper I've got ton yeah. of, tons of these, tons of these, <laughs> these stones. And they're like, what? Yeah, right? So I'm just like, okay, well, this really opens the door to some crazy shit. But the as one you thing, said... The one thing about the TVA, and I think I kind of mentioned it to you, it's in, it's old. They have typewriters. They have real files. It's kind of encased in a... 1985 and older like feeling everybody yeah, is working guns. it's like all batons and stuff. yeah it's all like i'm working at my desk and i got this big ass rolodex and a heavy ass phone like every like the um the atmosphere feels very dated very yeah. old and who's to say the tva is actually the one who's trying to stop all these variants maybe them they themselves have just created this lifestyle for themselves to to like make their own existence because True. we've seen in all of the different timelines that there is the ability to like hop around before we even knew about the TVA like we they figured out how to hop hop yeah. around in different timelines in different times timelines and different um like multiverses without knowing about the TVA Who's to say the TVA is not some kind of offshoot of that, but somebody got power hungry in that timeline or that, you know, multiverse themselves and said, wait a minute, I'm going to force these people because you saw that they were like enslaving variants. Who's to say that they're not saying we're going to enslave these variants because I discovered a a variant and then we're going to, because we did see it was like, you know, fucking with their minds. They were brainwashing them maybe that isn't like the truth maybe that is just another part of the whole portal that is out there and yes we see like when we saw the new spider-man how everybody is in a different multiverse or whatever well maybe this tva is its own multiverse and because they can see things doesn't mean that they're really the truth it just means that they're just another dimension and that whoever has kind of like become the power which we saw over the tva has convinced these people that you know you're controlling the timelines even though you are your own timeline all right i know that sounds silly but that's just kind of like where where i put it because that's what they do in these stories they kind of just say they left loki at the beginning of the end the beginning of loki they capture him and he goes through this whole thing and at the end it's like they're starting over again because loki went through this whole thing yeah and then came back and it's like he's starting over again because of what happened right i know that sounds crazy i know it does but it's a mishmash of craziness it is it really is because who again the tva does not need to be the it's not the as we've seen in Marvel, like, the way things work. Fucking, like, does the TVA not know about Doctor Strange and what he can do? Right. So, the TVA is not the only person controlling things. Right. 
Well, yeah, we kind of learned that because the actual Loki that's running around doing things has already figured out how to jump timeline. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we got off a piece back Yeah, there, but, but we got, we love getting theme. nerdy. <laughs> yeah. All right. In our next block, classic stuff from Megadeth and Biocancer, but here's new stuff from Lawnmower Death.
This is the Retro Movie Vault with your hosts DJ Anubis and DJ Neko only on Metal Tavern Radio. You haven't heard anybody say anything about either one of these. Well, what about these two? Well, they suck. These are the same two movies? You weren't paying any attention. No, I wasn't. I don't think your manager would appreciate it. I appreciate your ruse, ma'am. I beg your pardon? Your ruse. Your cunning attempt to trick me. Gretchen thinks you're mad at her because she's running for Spring Fling Queen. Oh my god, I'm not mad at her. I'm worried about her. I think somebody nominated her as a joke or something. I mean, nobody votes for her. She's going to have a total meltdown. And who's going to have to take care of her? Me. So you don't think anyone will vote for her? Katie, she's not pretty. I mean, that sounds bad, but whatever. The Spring Fling Queen is always pretty. I mean, the crazy thing is, is that it should be Karen, but people forget about her because she's such a slut. Anyway, i got to go. I'm going to bed. Well, she's not mad at you. Hold on. Are you okay? Hello? If someone says something bad about you, you'd want me to tell you, right? No. What if it was someone you thought was your friend? What do you... Hold on, other line. I'm not taking this anymore. Good for you, Gretchen. Hello? Let's go out. Okay, hold on. I'm on the other line with Gretchen. Don't invite Gretchen. She's driving me nuts. Hold on. Okay, hurry up. It's Regina. She wants to hang out with me tonight, but she told me not to tell you. Do not hang out with her. Why? You don't want me to tell you. Oh, she can tell me. Hold on. Oh my god, she's so annoying. Who is? Who's this? Gretchen. Right. Hold on. Oh my god, she's so annoying. I know, just get rid of her. Okay, what is it? Regina says everyone hates you because you're such a slut. She said that? You didn't hear it from me. A little harsh, Gretch. Whatever, she has a right to know. I can't go out. <laughs> I'm sick. Boo, you whore. Alright, a little bit of a clip there from Mean Girls. Neko's pick, of course. It is my pick. Sorry, I just got a message from my aunt. I got a message? I got a message? So... Mean Girls came out in 2004, I believe, and the one thing that I really love about it, more than anything besides it's just a bunch of mean girls and bitches and whatever, but the one thing I really like about it is they, um, this is before, like, social media, before TikTok, before... Facebook before everything where everybody is mean online. You're just mean. If you're mean, you're fucking mean. And they, um, so there, there was like a couple of scenes where they had like their cell phones and it's like the flip phone. And I recently just got the new smart flip phone and it's like my favorite thing in the entire universe because you can open it to answer and close it to there's a scene where Regina who's played by my favorite Rachel McAdams and um she just like slams the phone shut 
little things like that really take me back. 2004 doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but it kind of was. Like, let's be real, it was 18 years ago, right? Am I doing the math right? You know, you had a child in 2004, they'd be graduating high school right now. I absolutely love how... So nowadays, everybody gets bullied online, right? This is old school bullying. And I, I, I'm not... I am not condoning bullying at all. Don't think that's what I'm saying, but... Well, I think anyone who's ever been in high school and saw clicks would notice this. So, you you see these girls who are, like, worshipped. Especially their leader, who is um, Regina George, who is Rachel McAdams, who I've always loved as an actress. The same year that she did Mean Girls, where she's portraying a 16-year-old high school student, she did The Notebook. You know, like, she's a very great actress, and she's very funny. Um, but... The, these three girls are like high school royalty. That's what everybody calls them. and It's a lot, like I, I know we talked about a little bit, it, it, the premise, well not the premise, but the, the setup with the girls is a lot like Heather's. So you have like three wealthy, you know. Popular and everyone worships the ground they walk on. Now Heather's tarks, takes like a darker turn than this film, but... Uh, it has a similar vibe in terms of the presentation. And what I really enjoy was, again, back to the... I hate saying that I enjoy the bullying, but what I, I really remember is people nowadays are keyboard warriors. Like, you'll say anything on Twitter and be like, fuck you and fuck this, but you'd never do it in person. There, The way that these nasty girls used to do it was in a burn book. And back in the day, like... We had something called a slam book. I don't know if anybody else had that the way, but we did the same thing. We'd like write mean things about people. And, but it wasn't there. That was their personal burn book. These nasty books got passed around. And trust me, there were some mean things about me being a fat ass and stuff like written about me. But as mean as that is, it does like pull, like, makes you start thinking about how different not that long ago was before we had this full infiltration this really is right at the cusp before everybody just kind of like stopped hanging out this showed kids going to the mall this showed people having parties and i'm not just blaming it on covid i'm talking about like the last 15 years easily things like hanging out have declined so what was fun for me is kind of reminiscing. There's all these little funny jokes and funny one-liners, and it's fun to see Lindsay Lohan before she, you know, fell off the deep end and went crazy and got addicted to drugs. Excuse me. But basically, Tina Fey took this, and it was produced by um, Lauren, Lauren Michaels of Saturday Sorry, Night Live. There is a book, God, it's called Queen Bees and Wannabes. And Tina Fey actually kind of took that book and wrote it into a screenplay. And you can feel the, the Tina Fey in it, if that makes any sense. It kind of like comes through in the way that it's written. And Tina Fey is in it as the teacher. 
Amy Poehler is in it as Rachel McAdams' mom, and she's she's not a regular mom. She's a cool mom. Go make us some sandwiches. <laughs> and we're really, like, in real life, Rachel McAdams is about 24, and I think Amy Poehler is about 30, 31, and she's portraying her mother, and they both do a really good job of, of kind of, you know, with their dynamic. So, basically... Lindsay Lohan is Katie Heron, and her parents are um, zoologists. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So her parents are zoologists. From Africa. For, and they lived in Africa for years. And her mom got tenure at Northwestern, so they moved. And um, Katie had never been to public school. She had always been homeschooled by her family, and she was very, very smart. But her coming into school was a big deal because she had never dealt with cliques or, like, pecking orders or anything. And she meets two really nice people, Damien and Janice, who are just kind of, like, artsy, on the outskirts of school kind of person, people. And um, she makes friends with them, but while she's at lunch one day, they call them the plastics. And that's... Um, Regina George's group where she's just walking by and is invited to eat lunch and you know Janice and Regina had like a falling out years ago so Janice is just desperate to humiliate or find out what Regina talks about and tells her you gotta sit with them I have to find out what is happening there and it's like Janice took her own little revenge and then um Katie Herring, she took her own, like, took it to the next extreme. And you see how, over the course of the school year, Katie Herring becomes very popular because she's hanging out with the plastics, and it, it gets to her head. Mm -hmm. She's, like, not used to this. And part of that is, one, she likes the attention, but two, like, one of the guys she liked used to be with the head chick of the with plastics. Regina, yeah. yeah so she's there's like an alternative motive there to try to win the guy's heart and she really was like because uh aaron who is the guy we're talking about aaron really is he likes katie just because she's good at calculus and she's you know younger than him and he's pretty impressed with just how smart she is katie just really, again, she's trying to come into her own. She doesn't know how to be social, and she every time she gets like positive reinforcement from somebody about a friend, she just wants to like. She throws a house party. She didn't mean to throw a house party. She just meant to have like a couple of people over. Mm -hmm. But you know how in high school it goes. You hear Katie's parents are oh, out I've of town. There. Yeah, gonna well, have a party. And then all of a sudden I get people I don't know there. I'm like, that, who the that, fuck are you? That she answers the door and she's like who are you and he's like hey there's my buddy and she's like what the fuck is going on i've got 80 people in my house and it was supposed to be eight of us yeah and at the end katie was being mean but she was really trying to sabotage regina regina apparently had has always had like a big rage issue but they're back to the burn book um when katie was trying to help Regina lose three pounds and was giving her these bars that make you gain weight. And the guy that Regina was dating at the time is like, 
oh man, I hate eating those bars. Coach gives them to us when we want to move up a weight class. And she's like, what? These are supposed to be diet bars. They're all that I've been eating. Yeah. So Regina has gained a bunch of weight and got really mad. So she kind of framed Katie for this burn book and then made copies of it and distributed it through the entire school. Kind of like uh, Cruel Intentions. Yeah. And after that, it is just like a, a Cruel Intentions where they took his journal. At and, the end. Yeah, at the end. Spread it all. Mm -hmm. So when uh, all of that happens, fighting ensues, and then they're supposed to have like this big powwow, all the girls, and they're, you know, oh, blah, 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 love, we're going to do a trust exercise. But then there's one part where Janice... You know, she admits to everything that she did, that she convinced Katie to pretend to be friends with Regina, and Katie, like, chases after Regina, and Regina gets hit by a bus. <laughs> Literally. Literally. And everybody, half the world thinks that she pushed her, and the other half, like, just thought she was a bitch, and it was turning back into, like, she's alone again, like she was at the beginning of the school year. And, um... Then, fast forward, she it's she was nominated as one of the Spring Fling Queens, but she started failing math on purpose so that she could hang out with Aaron Samuels more. So her parents find out that she's failing and they ground her, but then her math teacher says, hey, if you do math leads, then I'll give you extra credit. So she does the mathletes, they do really well, she gets her extra credit, and she goes to the spring fling, and she actually wins, and then she does this, like, really inspirational speech, and everybody's happy. Aaron was like, welcome back, nerd, and they're happy and kissing, whatever. So then they fast forward, like, to the next year, and they're, like, showing how everybody, because Regina, apparently really kind of sports yeah she started playing lacrosse and she's really aggressive and did really great so she's like not even interested in being the plastic. like plastic person anymore and you know katie is back with her friends and um you saw that amanda seafried was kind of still hanging out with katie but uh what's her face god i can't remember her name um the girl who who her dad invented toaster strudel yeah um she started hanging out with like all these korean girls yeah she took over that clique. yeah she went into that clique and she learned korean and stuff but it was really kind of funny because like they're all now seniors and they've all kind of really they until had, the junior plastics yeah the junior high. plastics came in but they you know but that was kind of funny because that particular scene where katie's watching them and she's talking like a narration about, you know, how happy she's not one of them anymore. And she's like, yeah, you know, we kind of just make fun of them until they get hit by a bus, which is actually just a, a, a make-believe thing. But it was kind of funny at the time because of what happened with Regina. So then they're like, yeah, we just kind of make fun of them now because it's, you know, these young girls who are pretending to be like they were and try to take over to school. So it's... The thing was, like, I had this movie in my average because I had really remembered it. When I watched it with NECA, I remembered it more, uh, either through her or watching it on TV one day or whatever. But the scenes were starting to put together things that I had seen before. So, uh, 
once I was done with it, I was like, she asked me, like, where would you now rank it? I'm like, well, if I had to go back to the rankings list, I'd probably put it at uh, in the good. So not best, not great, but good. Like, mainly because a lot of the faults for this film is only because it's not really original. Uh, there's, like I said, I can point to other movies where I see some of these same things that I really liked before. Yeah, and, you know, it's funny when we were talking about my, like, girl... I can't believe we didn't put Cruel Intentions in it because I love that fucking movie. But... Mm-hmm. It's hard when you start thinking about things. The one reason I think this... When I was in my 20s, um, a lot of my friends are younger than me, and I was still kind of thinking a little backward. I know that sounds kind of crazy, but I still... I It took me a long time to realize I am an actual adult, like, especially since we didn't have kids or kids young. So I was always kind of thinking I'm 20, 21, I'm in high school, or I'm in college, so this, and this movie was very, like, I had so many, like, funny, iconic lines, like, on Wednesdays we wear pink, you know, and that, as many times as I've seen it, or I've had people say things to... But that was kind of funny, too, in this scene where Regina's eating those those fat bars. The Calteen bars. And, uh... She sits down and like they're like you're wearing pink today. That's against the rules. You no, no, no. She's like you're wearing sweat pants. You can't. You you're can't. only allowed to wear sweatpants or jeans on Friday. Yeah. So they're like you can't sit with us. And they were actually, even though Regina was sort of like the the leader, they were like she's no. like you know that's bullshit. Yeah. She's like she's like so I think we'll fit. You got mad at me when I wore that vest. Well, that vest was fucking hideous. You yeah. can't sit with us. Yeah. So it was kind of funny watching them kind of kick it back at her uh yeah so you know it's a decent movie check it out but i mean if you've seen the other films you're not gonna be overwhelmed with any originality but it, it is a little bit interesting with lohan because of where she is now compared to them like she's a pretty decent actress so like i've seen her in machete and other stuff so uh it's a little sad that you know her career kind of went off the rails there hopefully she's been a better place though i hope so too because she was not good. Yeah. I mean, like, not... Good. Always in the news for the wrong reasons. Sort of like, a, what's the other girl from Hairspray that we always talk about? Uh, God, I forget her name. Cutie, though, but... Uh, oh, who are you talking Who are you talking about? Um, it's, it's not Amanda, I don't think, but it's similar with A. Are you... T- oh, you're, are you talking about the girl who... Um, she was in American Pie, too? No. That girl, too. Um... Look it up. I, yeah, I want to know. Because um, she really went crazy. She was burning shit in driveways. Bear with me, folks. Amanda Bynes. That Bynes. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was looking for. Yeah, she's another one that kind of just went off the railings there and lost her way a bit. Shaving her head and just getting crazy. Mm-hmm. I think she ended up getting like the the Botox shit, but it went wrong. Like this is why I always when you talk about shit like that. I really like, want it though. I'm like, don't do it. Like that's horrendous. Here, now I need to look it up. Amanda Bynes Botox. Yeah. Whoa! <laughs> it's actually the lip filler. Ugh. Oh, dude! I'm telling you, dude. She was a really pretty girl, and that shit just wrecked her. 
Dude. She did have the funniest line that people gave her so much shit for on Twitter, though, because she said one day, like, a while back, she's like, I want Drake to murder my vagina or some shit like oh, that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. But she took a lot of shit for that, too. But, uh, you know, it's just funny. All right, let's get back into the music and get this shit rolling. Uh, I got some black metal coming your way, all provided by Inverse, Carcosa, and Against PR. This is called Vorse Rajoni.
welcome to my house. I'm Angelica, driver of Saltari Alberta. And you listen now to Metal Tavern Radio.
Vile Rights to Ageless from their newest release, DJ Anubis. Getting ready to close out this edition of the Hordes of Chaos. Neko has started up dinner for us because we got an interview with Derek from Flick Snacks and Knickknacks later. So try to get that in before we do the uh, interview with him. Hope you all enjoyed this episode. Hope you enjoyed the topics as always. Give us some feedback on whether or not you like the stuff that we are doing for you, the music and whatnot, as well as requests. Kevin, we'll definitely get your uh, requests in when I can. And uh, hope you all enjoy the rest of your weekend, man. Take care of yourselves and be safe. One last track. Classic stuff from a band called Inverted. This is Circle of Candles, and you all take care. <laughs>